I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on. And today we're going to be in Luke chapter 10. That's the book of Luke in chapter 10. Now, I recognize Luke may be hard to find in this, this book that's actually a library. It's got 66 books in it. So how do you go about finding Luke? Well, if you're in a physical Bible, I would tell you, uh, always just go to the table of contents. That's by far the easiest way to find a book in the Bible. So go to the table of contents. You're gonna find Luke is the third book in the big section called the New Testament. So find the New Testament, three books in is Luke, go to that page, then find chapter 10. Now, if you're in an app, just pull down the list of the books of the Bible. You'll find Luke is about two thirds of the way down that list. So Luke chapter 10. Now, you wouldn't know it by the way that I normally dress or anything like that, but I grew up on a farm. I grew up in the Texas panhandle in the middle of cattle country and wheat, um, and my family owned a big farm and ranch. And harvest was the most important time of the year. It happened every summer. We, we grew lots of wheat uh, on, on many, many acres of land. And harvest was the time of the year when every family member came together. They, uh, our, our schedules and our lives revolved in many ways around this time of year. No one took a vacation when it was harvest season. Every hand was on deck to serve and to help during harvest. I, I mean, we even hired extra people for the few weeks of harvest to help us because it was so so important and it was such a big job to harvest the wheat every season. We poured, my family poured everything, all of their time, all of their resources into harvesting that wheat. Uh, I mean, they would work 20 hours days. They would work from, from early in the morning before the sun came up till the, late at night after the sun had, had gone down. They worked so hard. Now, I was just a little boy and I helped in the few little ways that I could, but harvest was a huge thing to our family. Our family's welfare, our, our finances revolved around a good harvest. Did you know that Jesus talks about harvest in the Bible? It's something that he brings up. The harvest that he speaks about, of course, is centered on his mission. Now, what is his mission? The, the mission is found in places like Matthew 28 at the end where he gives us the Great Commission. Go into all the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I've taught you. Uh, it's what's on this board, right on this wall right here. We exist. Our mission for Jesus is to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. That's what we exist to do. And, and we fulfill that by our four core values. That's what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. We've especially been focusing on the last one, but our four core values, the way we accomplish this mission is that we have strong beliefs. Belief is how we, we get saved, by believing in Jesus. And then out of that belief, we connect. We connect to God. We connect to our church family. We connect to our community. And through that connection, 
we can uh, develop our relationship with Jesus. Then thirdly, we grow. When we uh, are believing in Jesus, we're connected to him and his church family in the community, uh, we begin to grow in him. That means that we are constantly being changed as we mature in our knowledge and our relationship with Jesus. And then lastly, we serve. We serve God, we serve his church, we serve others and the community. And one of the ways that we serve is by telling others about Jesus. And that's been one of the big focuses of this particular message series is how do we serve others by sharing the life-changing hope of Jesus with them? Well, that's what we're gonna conclude this series on today. And I wanna do that by looking at a passage in Luke 10. So take your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke 10, we're just going to read the first two verses of this passage. Now, Jesus, uh, in the previous chapter, had sent his 12 disciples out uh, to go prepare the places where he was going to go and preach. And now he's doing that a step higher with many others. So look at what it says in Luke 10, starting in verse 1. He sa- it says this, After this, the Lord, meaning Jesus, appointed 72 others, and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And so Jesus talks about a harvest. Now the harvest is people who uh, are destined, who are heading towards an eternity of death and punishment because they don't believe in Jesus. They're ready to receive Jesus, to believe in him. That's what the harvest is, is to lead others to the life-changing hope of Jesus, to believing in him. Now we are all, as followers of Jesus, we are all sent out to be laborers in his harvest. And we're not alone in this mission. Jesus gives all of his followers this mission. And he says here that the harvest is plentiful. There there are people all around us who need to know Jesus. There is definitely no lack of need when it comes to the number of people who don't believe in him, who need to hear about him. He talks about this also in the book of John, uh, another uh, book, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are called the Gospels. They are the four biographies of Jesus. Uh, so Luke is one of those biographies. The very next book after Luke is John. John chapter four, verses 35 and 38 say this. He, Jesus is saying, talking, and he says this, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look. I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white. They're ready for the harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here is the saying that holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. So Jesus is using this illustration of sowing seed and reaping means harvesting. It means collecting the the full grown seed at the end of its yield. And so 
Jesus is using this illustration of a harvest and he's, he's saying, guys, look, the harvest is ready. The fields are white. The fields are white is a, you know, when, when, a, when a wheat field grows, for example, when wheat grows, uh, it's green and it grows and it grows this stalk, the, these many stalks with lots of seeds at the head of the stalk. And the, the, the harvest is not ready until that stalk has stopped growing and it's not green anymore and it's turned this, this off-white color. You know, I, when I was growing up, I, I mentioned that I, I grew up on a farm and a ranch. I, I, I remember there was a time of year when the wheat was ready for harvest and you could look out as far as you could see in the Texas Panhandle. You could look for miles and miles and all you would see is this beautiful golden color for as far as you could see. You know, it's this wheat. It's almost all the same height and, and it's all the same color and it was absolutely beautiful. I remember during those times of year when the harvest was coming soon that I would look out and, and I would just be in awe at the beauty uh, of, of these fields that were just this beautiful color. Your life and the people around you are like that. There is countless acres to use that illustration, there's, there's countless acres, there's countless number of people who have reached the, the point where they're ready to hear the life-changing hope of Jesus. They're ready to hear about how Jesus can rescue them from their sins. They can hear, uh, they're ready to hear about Jesus's salvation from their sins, how he can rescue, from, rescue them from eternal death and punishment and instead give them eternal life. They're ready for that. The fields are ready, they're white. But there are so few people willing to tell others about Jesus. He talks about how some sow the seeds. You know, there have been people uh, in the lives of some of these these people who do not believe in Jesus, there have been people in their lives who have already shown them the love of Jesus, who have uh, shared the truth of Jesus even maybe with them. And, and some of these people are ready to hear or be invited into the gospel of Jesus, whether it be you telling them your testimony, sharing how Jesus has changed your life, or maybe it's through a simple invite to church, to hear the gospel at church and experience the love of the family of God, whatever it may be. Some have already sowed and some are sent out to reap, to harvest, to invite those people in. You see, we all have a mission. We all have a purpose in our relationship with Jesus. Again, Matthew 28, Luke chapter 10, John chapter 4, repeatedly Jesus commands us to share his salvation, his rescue from sins with those who do not believe in Jesus. You know, I, I heard a preacher say once, uh, and I, uh, Dennis Peathers mentioned this as well a couple of weeks ago, there are more than enough people who say, I believe in Jesus. But I'm going to be very honest with you, and this breaks my heart. There are so few who are willing to actually do the mission of Jesus. There are so many who are, uh, will attend church and go to a Bible study, and they believe 
They believe Jesus was a real person, that he was the son of God, he is the son of God, that he died on a cross and rose from the grave three days later to, to, later to rescue them from their sins. And they believe that, but they don't live out the mission. They've never shared their faith with anyone. They've never invited someone to church to hear the gospel. They don't live the mission. They're not willing to sow or to harvest. They've not lived out their purpose. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Living out the purpose that Jesus has in your life, it's hard, I get it. It's difficult, it's intimidating. You know, growing up on the farm, harvest was hard. You got up at four or five o'clock in the morning and you worked 18 to 20 hours trying to do the work of the harvest. And it was not easy work. It was hard. It was hot because harvest is in the summer. It was hot outside. It was miserable conditions. It was long, hard work. But it was necessary work. Without the harvest, my family's livelihood would have stopped. Without living out the purpose that Jesus has in your life, there are people who will never know who Jesus is without you sharing your faith with them. As I said last week, you may be the only invitation to the life-changing hope of Jesus that a person ever receives. You may be the only one. Will you live out your purpose in their lives? Look at what else it says in verse two. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly, earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. You know, we're called not just to go, but we're called to pray also. Pray for laborers, including ourselves, that Jesus would send us and would send others out into this harvest that is so ready for, for being reaped, for being harvested. Uh, that leads me to today's big idea. And this is something I want you to think about and pray about this week. You know, how does this apply to your life? And how does this convict you to live out Jesus' purpose? So, so here's today's big idea. Prayer prepares us for his purpose. Prayer is a vital component to our living out the purpose that Jesus has for us. Prayer prepares us for his purpose. He's the Lord of the harvest. He's already got everything prepared for us, but he's got this purpose in our lives that he wants us to fulfill so that his purpose can be accomplished. We need him in order to be the laborers in the harvest. We need him to, to be equipped to labor in the harvest for him. I mean, think about it. Prayer connects us to the Lord of the harvest, to God, to Jesus. When we pray, we submit our lives, our minds, our hearts to him. It, prayer helps us recognize that he's God and we're not. Then prayer helps us recognize his authority, his rule, his sovereignty over our lives and over the lives of those who don't believe in him. And it makes us dependent on him. 
When we go to the Lord in prayer, we are telling Jesus that we are wholly dependent on him, that we can do nothing in and of ourselves. We don't have the ability or the capacity outside of what he gives us, the abilities and the capacity that he pours into our lives. So prayer is so necessary because we need that connection with him. We need his authority. We need to submit and we need to depend on him. And prayer helps us to do that. So prayer prepares us for his purpose. Let me lay this out to you for just a moment. The harvest is everything. Nothing else matters as much as the harvest matters. The mission of Jesus is the ultimate purpose in your life as a follower of Jesus and my life as a follower of Jesus. Nothing else matters as much as his mission, as his purpose. But I'll be honest, too many of us as followers of Jesus, too many of us get distracted by all the other stuff. We get obsessed with having good, right beliefs. And there's nothing wrong with that. Don't misunderstand me. There's nothing wrong with studying God's word and having good beliefs. But when we are so obsessed with our learning theology that we forget to accomplish the mission of Jesus, that theology becomes useless in our lives. We must recognize that there are lots of really good things out there, good theology, uh, good connection to our church, you know, uh, all these things. There are lots of good things that help us with the mission, but they're not the mission. And we must be focused on the mission and not get distracted by all the other stuff. And, and let's be honest, guys. There are a lot of things in this world that aren't even good that get us distracted as Christians. We get so obsessed with all the other stuff that, that doesn't have anything to do with the mission of Jesus. We get obsessed with politics. We get obsessed with where the culture is going. We get obsessed with, uh, with the latest thing in the news. None of that matters in the big picture especially in comparison to the mission that Jesus has for you. And we rant and we rave about whatever issue it is that we're obsessed with in the moment, and yet too many of us have never shared the gospel with a single person. We're more than willing to rant and rave about all these issues and all these things in our lives, but we've not even shared, we've not even labored in the harvest for Jesus. So don't get distracted from the purpose that Jesus has for your life. Nothing matters more than his purpose, than his mission. What is that? Let me, let me be very clear. His mission is to lead every generation to the life-changing hope that can only be found in Jesus. That's what we exist to do. That is who we are. If we claim to follow Jesus, we are people that lead others, that share Jesus with others. So how do we do this? How do we lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus? Well, first thing I would tell you is go back and watch last week's message uh, about inviting and thinking from the perspective of someone who doesn't know Jesus and, and how we are to be the invitation to the life-changing hope of Jesus that someone receives. Go back and, and watch that message. 
but, but let me say this, if, if you were to come to me and say, how do I go about leading someone to the life-changing hope of Jesus? Here's what I would say. I would say, first off, pray for people. You know people. There are people in your life who don't know Jesus. Pray for them. Pray that God, through his Holy Spirit, would prepare their minds and hearts to receive the gospel. Pray for blessings. Pray for opportunities for you to show them the love of Jesus and to serve them and help them. And then pray for opportunities to tell them about Jesus or invite them to church or whatever God's doing in your life and their life. Secondly, after you've prayed, invest. Look intentionally, look for opportunities to talk to that person or those people who don't know Jesus that you've been praying for. You know, when, when you're uh, out in the community or in the hallway of the place you live and you cross paths, make a point to have a conversation and look for opportunities to bless them and, and love on them in the name of Jesus. And then invite them to live life with you, invite them to church, invite them to hear and see Jesus in your life. And then share your testimony, share how Jesus has changed your life, what he's done for you, if nothing else, how he has rescued you from your sins, how he has taken you from someone who is destined for eternal pain and punishment and death. And instead, he's given you an eternity of life and perfection with him. So pray for them. Invest in your relationship with them. Invite them into your life and to church and share your faith with them. As I concluded last week, I would encourage you to ask this question. Who is it in your life that needs to hear about Jesus or needs to have, hear an invite to experience Jesus at church, whatever it may be. Who is it in your life? Maybe it's just one person that you begin with, that you intentionally pray for and invest in. Maybe there's several people, but who is it in your life that needs to receive that invitation to Jesus from you? Let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask him again, to reveal that to us. Again, prayer prepares us for his purpose. So let's, let's go to the Lord and ask him to do that in our lives. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for today. We thank you that you are the Lord of the harvest and you have given us the blessed opportunity to go and labor in your harvest. Lord, our prayer today is that you would help us to live out the mission that you have, the purpose that you have for our lives. Help us to understand who it is that we need to be praying and investing into, who we need to be sparking conversations with and loving on and serving and blessing so that we can have the opportunity to share the life-changing hope of Jesus with them. Help us, Lord, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the lives of those around us. Help us to labor in your harvest, Lord. 
Help us this week to recognize who it is that we need to be loving on in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you have rescued us from our sins. And we pray that you would help us to be the lifeline to others who need to be rescued from their sins. Lord, we thank you again, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.